The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the new Nasty Boys. I'm your co-host this morning, afternoon, evening, really, whenever the fuck you decide to listen to this, Billy DeVore, and sing across from me on the screen as for right now is hey what's up it is lee michael kimbrell how it is going out there nasty boys and girls across the whole wide fucking wild where are you going out there i think i'm doing well man i don't know if that was a lag because we're here on zoom or if we were just like really letting them uh letting the nasty boys and girls have an opportunity to come in and say hello and let us know how they're doing i think that they just really wanted to think about it yeah, that had to have been it, man. There's a been there's a lot to uh been thinking about the last couple of weeks, dude. How are you hanging in there, man? Um, I'm good. Um, I mean, we took last week off for reasons we can get into it then. Um, yeah, we'll talk about it a little bit, but uh, you know, it's very cool. We got to get a little business out of the way, but it's good business, man. Uh, we've got some allies over here, our big daddies in the podcast sky armchair. Um, at the end of May, Armchair Media signed off on a one-year-long network sponsorship deal, and that allowed the company to grow our podcast and video network into new local sports communities. Uh, and following the senseless murders of Ahmad Arbery, Breonna Taylor, George Floyd, and the countless other black community members at the hands of police officers, we want to ensure we, uh, we do what we can to make a tangible impact on those communities as we grow. So Armchair Media will be issuing two $500 scholarships per semester to aspiring black creatives. We are also working with organizations that may allow us to crowdfund more scholarships each semester. If you've ever been dismissed as having an, quote, unrealistic career path, if you've ever butted heads with parents or teachers because they don't recognize exactly what you want to do with your life, if you have feared to express yourself or put your work into the world, do to potential backlash, we strongly encourage you to apply. We recognize that there are, uh, there are creatives out there who may have bypassed college to pursue other avenues, who didn't get into college because their passions didn't translate to collegiate testing, or who did, did, or who did not have access to the financial means to pay for college. This is why there are only three requirements for eligibility for this scholarship. You have to be a black creative, you have to be under the age of 21, and you must submit a project, whether it's graphic design, photography, writing, audio, video, journalism, creative writing, to scholarship at armchairallamericans.com. That is scholarship at armchairallamericans.com. It's all one word. It's a good thing. Mikey Webster, uh, I think that you probably know a bunch of kids that you could point this in the direction to. So uh, shout out to Armchair for doing this and uh yeah very proud that we uh get to read that on our podcast man very cool thing it is so cool um what's really cool is that i'm going to doctor my birth certificate and say that i am 18 and submit my photography so what up there it is everybody's got to get there uh everybody's got to get their uh start somehow but also again bill 
you're white. So ah, <laughs> damn it. It's, no! not just, it's not just an age thing, but, but dude, that's uh that's really cool, man. Uh, armchair, the fact that it's monetized at all just shows you that, uh, Andrew really means business. It's so cool to be in bed with them, man. And yeah. you know, a thousand, a thousand bucks a semester, it is a drop in the pail. It could make a huge fucking difference. And, uh, yeah, it's just, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty fucking cool, man. For the size of armchair, for them to be trying anything at all, just, I'm glad to admit them. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm really happy. And Andrew's really doing some cool stuff and it's, uh, it's just rad that like they reached out and we've been doing this and sticking with them. And it's pretty cool that we were on the ground floor watching it just flourish. So Fuck yeah, man! It's awesome, dude. I would bet. I would bet. Uh, I would bet on Armchair to uh, continue to be an excellent, uh, an excellent uh, podcast network, doing what, good things. That's a what, safe bet. What a pro, baby! Not bad, man. What a lead in. What a lead in. Because there is no shortage of action going on with our partners over at BetOnline.ag. The sports world is slowly making its way back with the NBA announcing its return in late July. Maybe Major League Baseball, huh? We'll talk about it. But right now, UFC, boxing, NASCAR, and international soccer have all resumed play on BetOnline, has the best odds slash lines for their upcoming games and matches. Need more? BetOnline has simulated NFL, NBA, and UFC happening every day for our devout gamblers to check out. BetOnline also offers hundreds of live casino games, poker tournaments, and the best props in the business. Period. Period, baby. (laughs) Visit BetOnline.ag on your computer or mobile device and join now to receive your welcome bonus. BetOnline.ag, your online wagering experts. Cha-ching, baby. Thanks, betonline.ag. Yeah, thanks for being on the picture with us. We really love the logo. Yeah, yeah. Pretty neat, man. <laughs> I like that a lot. Pretty cool. Well, those were two pretty good reads, considering that, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a bit out of sorts doing, doing this with you on a Zoom call. It's really, it's different. I, I will say this. I keep looking at myself and I'm like, damn. All right. Yeah. You look good, man. I'm all, I'm all tiny on my screen. So I, uh, I've got a full screen of Billy as well, man. Ooh, that's nice. Yeah. It's a good look right now. Oh, oh, I thought, oh he turned it off. He's over me. Uh, no, no, I'm back, man. But yeah, no, it was like pretty easy to set this up, which I didn't even think like it could be. It was every time we've tried to do this, it's been difficult with like, Jay. yeah, no, but I mean, zoom has kind of like, I guess come through and uh, tried to make it as easy as possible since this is, you know, going to be a part of our lives moving yeah. forward. I mean, even, even in a world and, you know, hopefully a couple months where Corona is not nowhere near as scary as it is right now. Like it's been used so often that it's still just going to be left over and be a part of our lives. Right. And, like, it's also weird because you've always been the staple for, like, Thursday I get to, like, see a friend. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And now we're, like, fucking doing a Zoom call, like, three miles away from each other. It's so Yeah, weird. less than that, man. We live 2.4 miles away from each other. That's a quick jog for you. Yeah, it's not <laughs> bad at all. <laughs> yeah, fuck that. I uh, figured yeah. out what jogging was. I've, I've blocked it in finally. It's been yeah, months. he finally figured it out, man. That's you so know, exciting. It took 101 days being quarantined in the house to figure out what jogging is. Well, well whatever learns you, brother. Whatever learns you. 
Yeah, in between episodes of Tiger King, The Clone Wars, and just all the pornography, uh, I figured out that jogging is when you go outside, which is a weird thing to think about. Um, when you yeah. go outside and then yeah, you just... Yeah, the concept. Right. And then you just go fast. Yeah, you put pressure... You go outside and put undue pressure on your lungs. Well... Which doesn't seem like a great thing to do right now. It really doesn't, considering uh, all of our lungs are being attacked by the air aids. Yeah, we might as well address that, obviously. I mean, why we're in the Zoom call. Um, we, we, are, we don't have it. We no. are good. Yeah, we are good. Um, but? Ish. You know, uh, Danny Boy, the, nasty, the other nasty boy, um, he tested positive. And we had been with him, you know, doing a variety of fun things protesting, drinking, eating mushrooms, all sorts of things. Well, and, yeah. Uh, well, yeah, that was me. That was me. I can't speak for everyone in the group. No, you but can't. I, I certainly did. Um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But um, so, yeah, he tested positive last Wednesday. And uh, so we all went and got tested and, um, you know, came back negative. But my girlfriend, Morgan Miller, she is positive. Um Alex Schubert, friend of the pod, he is positive. Um, I spent Friday and Saturday feeling like dog shit, feeling a lot like having COVID, you know. Right. And uh, so we're just tr- acting as if, you know, we have it because most likely we probably do. Which is crazy because, you know, I came back negative. Leash dog came back negative, the first lady. And then she started not feeling great on Saturday. And we were like, um, she's like, I think this is it. I'm like, I think you're just a little hungover. And, and then Sunday she's like, I can't taste anything. I was like, oh, that's gosh. when we knew with Morgan too, is her taste just like kind of went. She's, but you know, thanks. She hasn't been able to taste anything in like six days. But today she said that she faintly tasted a pizza lunchable. Whoa. So, and you know, she's feeling good. Oh, Chris Walker, fucking friend of the pond, man. Like yeah. dear friend of the pod, he, uh, you know, motherfucker had a collapsed lung in August. I know, and that's what's and, so scary. Uh, I was, I was just so worried for him, like, because if it's collapsed and there's like holes or pockets in his lungs, like something could fucking get in there and just. Oh, he was very up. compromised, but you know he's been staying completely on top of it, and you know we've been in contact, and my mom, my mom, I just gave Alicia my mom's number. My mom has been a fucking godsend throughout this. Just like a, you know, a knowledgeable nurse who knows her shit, who knows how to deliver, you know, knows how to tell you what's up, man. She's well, also been that's telling just, people they're sick. That's your mom's natural move. That's yeah. your mom's go-to, which is just to be helpful and be there for other people, which, like, yeah. you know, she passed on to you. Um, but, She's a nurturer uh, with a sharp tongue. Exactly. A very yeah. sharp tongue. That fucker hurts. <laughs> yeah, it does. It really does. So, yeah, I mean, that's the quick catch-up, man. I mean, well, I feel good. So here's the thing with Leash Dog. When she was like, you know, on Saturday, I'm like, ah, you're just hungover. We had a couple too many. And then Sunday, uh, she was like, well, I can't taste. And then it came back positive on Wednesday. I w- she just has all the ammo in the world now to just call me an asshole. Yeah. Just unrelenting. She has a fucking banana clip to go off on me like you just said i was hung over fuck you i was like jesus christ i didn't realize that it came back positive oh yeah so she is 
She is staying six feet, at least, from me, and is wearing a mask in the house at all times, per that doctor's is... orders. Which, like, sucks, dude. It, like, we have an air mattress set up. Like, I'm sleeping on the couch, and she's sleeping in bed. Like, it's just, it's brutal. She's my best friend. She's everything. And yet, we live together, yet I just can't be right next to her. Like, it just Yeah, man, that sucks. is so fucking wild. So, yeah. And I, not even to make light of the situation, but I'm living in a house with Andy, the Candyman Rudick, and we're like, you know, in the same room with each other, but we're always slapdicking around or high-fiving or wrestling or something. Yeah. And uh he uh, I've been watching him play so much Madden. It is like my new sport. And you know, I fucking love watching him play Madden. Uh he's actually really good at it and uh you know, it's actually not an option to bet on him, but there's a lot of ways that you can bet. There's really no shortage of action going on with our partners over at betonline.ag. Uh, the sports world is slowly making its way back with the NBA announcing its return in late July. Who knows? Maybe baseball will be in there somewhere too. Uh, but right now you got UFC, boxing, NASCAR without the Confederate flag and international soccer. They've all resumed play and bet online has the best odds and lines for their upcoming games and matches. Fact, son. Need more? Bet online has simulated NFL, NBA, and UFC happening live every day for our devout gamblers to check out. Bet online also offers hundreds of live casino games, poker tournaments, and the best props in the business. So visit betonline.ag on your computer or mobile device and join now to receive your welcome bonus. Betonline.ag, your online wagering experts. That was a pro move. No. What a pro no. move. You no, just no. You, yeah, we, you we, fucking <laughs> sagged by yourself right into the fucking hole. You, <laughs> you are just tucked back there. You are just tucked back there like Joe Mixon just waiting for the pocket. Bobbing and weaving, dude. You but made no, your own pocket. Like that's yeah. the, you made your own hole. Like you that made it. Bad. You're like, I'm going. Motherfucker, I can read an ad. <laughs> this, is, at it. this is just a fun plug for uh, – I mean, it just happened. Uh, you saw in the group chat. So we're making Cincy shirts made Bauer for Commissioner shirts. Yeah, that's so tight. They're online now. You can get it at cincyshirts.com or in the clutch.com. And uh, I just got the notification Trevor Bauer liked our post. That's so dope. He's definitely going to buy one, man. That's awesome. Buy one. We're going to send him one. Get out of yeah, here. Yeah, yeah. For, no, but for sure. But he'll, he'll like plug it. Of course he will. It says Bauer for Commissioner. That guy's going to love it. Dude, he's going to eat that up. Dude, I bet I, I, I might put money on it now. In the next, like, probably five to seven days, he, uh, he'll probably be wearing it for a live AB on YouTube. Very likely. Yeah, very likely. Man, that's so fucking tight. So tight. Um, well, um, in some other, you know, other news, I don't know. You said you mentioned Tiger King earlier. Uh, have you been... Did you? I've been watching Rudick play Madden, mm-hmm. uh, but did you watch Chappelle's new special? I did. God, it's so or, good. You know, special. I, I, for a lack of a better term, you can just call it a set. Chappelle's new set that he put out. Yeah, yeah. Which, it's it's so dope. Which, like, with that, you can't even. I don't even know if you call it a a, a special. No, it's be, not a special, right? It's like it is. I read somewhere describe it as a sermon. No shit, dude. It's very, yeah, no doubt. Look at that cat right behind you. I know. I'm screenshotting it right now. 
That's awesome. No, it was. It was very sermon-like. It was so fucking cool. And uh, our buddy, I realized I'm wearing his shirt, Gabe. Yeah. Fucking Gabe, Gabe Kia opened for him on that show, dude. Dude, that's sh- that story is just insane. It's just... It is so goddamn bonkers, man. The guy opens for Russell Peters in at the Funny yeah. Bone. And him and Russell and Dave In like November. Friends. Yeah. And Gabe's been doing... He's been stamping, stamping 20s with Harriet Tubman stamps. Genius. Yeah. And then Dave comes in the green room, sees that Gabe's doing it. He's like, hey, man, can you sign this for me? And Gabe's like, yeah, but can you also sign one for me? Like, yeah. And then next thing you know, he's at Dave's compound. And then fast forward like five months. And now he's opening for him in Yellow Springs. I know, dude. Gabe was opening for Chappelle and Michelle Wolf. Like, what the fuck? Yeah, going, he was going into his job, he was going into work. And he got this note, he got this call from Yellow Springs and he just said, fuck it, I'll answer it. And it was Chappelle's people. And they were just like, hey, could you do a show in Yellow Springs tonight? And he was mm-hmm. like, yeah, let me talk to my boss. But I mean, like, yes. Yeah. And uh, his boss was so fucking cool about it. His boss was just like, dude, we sell people, we put fucking food in people's mouths. Like we can, it's okay. We can, we can go without you. Yeah, we can and, uh, split up your section. Like, it's totally fine. Yeah, pretty fucking wild. So he went up there, and, I mean, the way, like, hearing Gabe talk about it just so cool, man. Like, he was just in the green room with Chappelle and Michelle Wolf, and they were, like, Chappelle was, like, so fucking nervous. Like, yeah. they, they were all just, like, silently going through their notes, like, listening to old sets, and it's like they were complete peers. It's so fucking wild. Yeah, because so, I mean, they're in the same boat. They haven't done stand-up in 80-plus days. You know? Yeah, man. It's fucking, it's so crazy. And uh, so Chappelle opened the show and then brought, every, like, he emceed it, did time in between Michelle and Gabe and closed it out. So, you know, so technically we say Gabe opened for Chappelle, and he did. But in reality, what happened is the first time Gabe had to do fucking stand-up comedy in almost 90 days, he had to follow Dave Chappelle. That's bonkers. He, he had to follow <laughs> Dave Chappelle. That's As, just... Uh, yeah, dude. And outdoors, sections of two, everyone masked up. Like, it's fucking wild, bro. With it's like, so crazy how, how close he was to, like, one of the most historical things that's ever happened in comedy. Yeah. Like, he was on that show. It's so nuts. Yeah, like, and and it's being revered as one of the most important pieces of comedy in what the last like twenty years. Oh, dude, it's American canon. It's yeah. like it, it's it's yeah. such a big fucking deal. Yeah, it's fucking Mark Twain shit. You know what I mean? It really like, is. There it's are so fucking crazy. There are four jokes in it. Look, yeah. there are four yeah. in the in those in the that twenty seven minutes, but it doesn't even matter because you're captivated the whole time and it's important. There's a difference between what Chappelle did and then uh, that uh, that one cunt Nanette. Well, I mean, is there because that's yes. kind of a okay. Well, go on. What's There's a point? huge difference. The difference is is Dave came out. He hadn't done stand up in eighty seven days. There was a lot of weight of the of the world like of what's going on there's there's protesting there's rioting like the world is at is just a complete at a complete loss combined with the pandemic like 
there is so much gravitas in that situation compared to the net who opens up her special by saying, Oh, I think I'm going to quit stand up after this. Like, yeah. fuck off. I mean, I get like, if she hadn't have done that sentiment and like took it, taking a big shit on the idea of stand up comedy while profiting on stand up comedy, it would have been a lot easier. You know what I'm saying? A lot easier pill to mm-hmm. swallow. I mean, I, I tend to agree with you, but also it's, it's, it's like really, it's also easy to look at it and be like, you know, that's a straight white dude taking serious or a straight, a straight man, uh, taking comedy seriously. And then when this like queer woman goes up there and does it, everybody's like, ah, fuck you. I mean, there is just, there's also like the different gravitas between Dave Chappelle, the pedestal that he sits on and, you know, a virtually unknown, at least in the United States, Hannah Gadsby or whatever. I mean, I, I, I definitely think, it's funny that you brought that up because I watched Chappelle's and was so blown away. And then I was just like, damn, I, I kind of like caught myself and was like, I didn't say that shit about Gadsby. I mean, she was talking about some pretty profound stuff as far sure. as, you know, her rape and like and discrimination because of her sexuality. That's an interesting point to bring up is like how those were received differently. Yeah. But I mean, the thing with Hannah Gadsby's was like, it was critically acclaimed and, changed comedy um i don't think it changed it i think that the content and the stuff that she brought up definitely difficult definitely something unique to her situation that gives a different perspective on everything for sure but would i call that a stand-up comedy special Mm -mm. yeah Mm -mm. i watched i mean you know just going back through and being stuck on the couch like i watched pat oswald's new special it's good but then like followed it up with joe list's like 30 and yeah. Rachel Feinstein's 30. It's just like, bang, 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 bang. Oh yeah. Where it's like, I'm like really that's good. Stand up. That's stand up. Yeah. That's joke, yeah, joke, joke, sure. joke, 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 joke. And like, is there like different ways you can go about it? Sure. But I think calling it a stand up special is kind of a disservice to what the, both of their message is. Cause yeah. I mean, Chappelle's wasn't a special, not a, you know, like the net. I mean, if we're just getting caught up in verbiage though, I mean, it's like, it's that's true. It wasn't stand up. It was a fucking excellent one woman show. You know, it's it's it was just. Right. I think like the biggest backlash that came between her is what I said is like she took a big old stinky shit on stand up comedy and then made two million dollars off of stand up comedy. Right. And but it's it's whatever. I mean, I I actually went back and watched it and just kind of with like the same lens of what Chappelle did. And I mean, it was, it, it's, it's boring and poignant and sad, you know, mm-hmm. like it, it, it's got a lot of emotions in it. I mean, that's something that I've been considering, dude, is like, I don't know, stand up is always going to be my heart and it'll just be interesting to see how it, like, it wouldn't surprise me if we saw more one man shows and more one woman shows, like sure. I mean, we pure saw- perspective, you know? I mean, Ronan Hirschberg used to do that all the time when he lived in Louisville. Like, yeah, he exactly. Would every year have a new one-man show, but it would be like, there, I mean, it has a basis in stand-up. There are jokes there. There's yeah. actually a lot of jokes, and it's borderline, but there's still a fair amount of exposition, but it wasn't where it was drowning. Yeah, not in, for like, sure. Not, not to call that kind of comedy drowning in any way, shape, or form, but like where there isn't a lot of jokes in between. 
you know, mm-hmm. it's not like he has a 10 minute diatribe without. Well, I think there. it's again, it's, it's all just like verbiage and expectation, right? Like mm-hmm. if you call it a one man show, then you, then that just gives you a little bit more leeway to go up there and have the exposition and have the long periods of like, uh, you know, emotional, like serious things. Right. Whereas if you build it as a stand up comedy show and people come in with the expectations of joke, pow, 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 mm-hmm. then it, 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 it's like you go to a comedy show, you expect to see comedy. Uh, but then that's just so subjective because people, you know, view comedy as different things. Oh, God, right. it just it makes me miss telling jokes to strangers. So do you think then that the difference between stand up, like if we get rid of these these terms and say the verbiage is just thrown out the window, does that change the venue in which like one man shows and stand up can exist? So like when I think of one man show, I think of small community theater. Black like box on, theater. Right. Like on our level. Like if we were like, I'm going to do a one man show. It'd be yeah. like if you and me would be doing it at like the no theater. Yeah, or we would be doing like black box, whatever that 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 type of thing. That's where I think that would happen. It's kind of weird to see it out of place, like a one man show at Go Bananas, because Go Bananas, you go in there and you fucking murder. Yeah, and you just beat yeah. it down. Like I mean, but I saw, I mean, but I saw Berbiglia there, and you did too, doing his one man, his last Netflix special. So like, it was different to see that at Go Bananas. Um, was it my speed to see it go bananas? No, but he packed it full of his people who that was their speed and they got it. Yeah, well, that's like the whole so, – I, I think we might have even talked about this before. Probably. We've been doing it for like three fucking years, mm-hmm. but uh, <laughs> but uh, which is so crazy. I know. To think about it. It's just nuts by itself. But uh, – oh, fuck. What was I saying? Bye, 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 bye. We were just talking about one-man shows. Oh, alt comedy versus club comedy. Sure. Because that just kind of like popped back up and people started talking about that again. There was like this clash between alt comics and club comics. And like when it first started, the term alt didn't mean the actual brand, whatever. It meant alternate venue. Right. Like it meant that you weren't doing it at a club. You were doing it at a bar. Right. And now bar shows are just complete commonplace. So, I mean, it's like we're alt comics, motherfucker. We, you've hosted seven alt <laughs> comedy open mics. You know what I'm saying? Right. It's like if we are going to get caught up in the words of it. I don't know. I just think that everyone has had such a long time to just kind of sit with themselves and scroll through their screens and, you know, either take in a bunch <laughs> of perspectives or find one perspective that they want to hone in on. And I don't know, man, like Tom Takar like seven or eight months ago before any of this happened, had this hilarious tweet that was like, everybody stop talking about, you know, let's stop talking about stand-up comedy before everyone realizes it's a scam. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's right. a fucking scam, baby. And like in the most beautiful way, just kind of how like it, it shouldn't be this way, but anytime if you monetize like an art form, it seems like a scam when you're in it because you're like, how is this even fucking possible? Right. I'm getting I'm getting paid to do this. I'm just doing what I'm called to do. Well, you know, so well let's take the bait let's the basics of everything. Every person's job, if you are doing something for money, you are basically running a scam. The yeah. basics of it are is you provide a service and then you mark it up so that you can make money off of it. 
And then you're like this. And then when eventually you get good at it, you're like, this is so easy. I don't understand why this person isn't doing that themselves. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I don't, exactly. I don't and fucking get it. I'm definitely not going to let them in on it. No, know? I'm like, keeping them in the dark 100%. No so that's, shit. So like, you know, think about a restaurant. You go in, you sit down to eat, and a person brings out your meal that is cooked by a person in the back that has been perfected by a chef for years, although be it at Salazar or Applebee's. There is a science that goes into making all of that food. Yeah. Sorry to bring it back to food, but that's just the natural inclination. Hey, man, stay on brand, baby. So think about it. Someone comes out, brings your food. You sit down, you eat it, and then you go home. You're like, I could have made that for $22, but instead yeah. I paid 100 and something dollars to have this cut of beef with these shrimp and these cocktails. I could have made that for 60 bucks, 70 bucks, but it said I paid $240 to have an all out crazy meal at Ruby's. Yeah. Are you pooping? No, I'm peeing. Oh, I forgot. You sit down to pee. Most of the time, but yeah, I mean, especially on a podcast. <laughs> no, I want you to stand in the shower and shoot it across and arc yeah, it into, into the seat. Yeah. Not in no. the toilet. I want you to drizzle the seat. I want it to be like a light, like a light rain. This is great, man. All of the times on the pod where some, one, one of us have had to just like take it on and be by ourselves for like two or three minutes. But now what a beautiful thing. I know. This is so nice. Maybe we never go back, but no, we're going to go back. No, uh, we're definitely fucking going back, man. I miss oh, your yeah. sweet bit. I miss you. Um, but yeah, dude, I don't know. That was a good... That was a good conversation. I've just been thinking a lot about stand-up, man. I have I've been too. thinking I've a lot about it. It's been nonstop. And the thing, you know how I operate, you know, like I don't sit down and hash out everything with uh, over my notebook. I have to be saying it. I have to be in front of people constantly doing it to tweak it that way. Like, yeah. Or else if I write it down, then it feels rehearsed and it doesn't sound genuine or real. So like, to not have that and to have all these things float through my head and be like, I can't fucking say it to a crowd of people sucks so much. It sucks so hard. Um, but, um, I kind of wanted to talk with you about this. I don't think it's too crazy, but, um, it, it is, it's got, it doesn't have to be private or anything, but, um, we are looking at July 9th fireside. Okay. Um, they want to do it distance. They want to have everything set. And I told them the first month is going to be showcases. I think that's the move. Because yeah, absolutely. Got to be. It, you're going to have that whole neighborhood clamoring. If they find out about it, they're going to come to it. And we might as well stack it with all killers. Yeah, for sure. And we've been talking about it in the, the Greg's group with the Danny has the text because there are a lot of merch people for large bands. And they're thinking what we are thinking with comedy, which is the that we're gonna have to depend on locals a ton absolutely and i mean no one's gonna be doing a large tour music wise till they're guessing fall 2021 most likely yeah and so that's gonna probably be the same way with stand-up maybe like a little sooner i mean you're not having your theater acts come back till then no but realistically what we're looking at locals for at least the next four months, five months, once the club reopens of like. Which a small update on that. I mean, we've been up in the air. I had, I talked with Mikey a little bit. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's, it ain't going to be August, man. Most likely not. 
No. It'll probably be September, which is such a fucking bummer. But I don't know. The way I look at it, man, it's like the longer it's pushed back, the more likely or the more hopeful that, you know, shows might be normal or more normal than, you know, when we actually can open the doors back up. Um, I agree with you. And here's the thing about that. You keep pushing it and that gives us an opportunity to be ready. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Excuse me. So like we can get our shows back at bars, start getting our legs back under us. And then the club reopens and we are fucking, and we have some reps under us. Yeah, that's true. Right. So we're back because we, we had a show here on Monday and Tuesday. We both did sets. We didn't talk about it up top when we were discussing all the COVID and everything, but I mean that, that we did do that. We and both it was had, fucking awesome. Yeah, we both had great sets. Like it's fucking great. I went back and listened to my first one. I was like, fuck. Like for some some reason listening to it, and like you could attest to it and tell me if I'm right or wrong, but sitting here and maturating for months and thinking about doing stand-up and then doing it, like I felt like I got better with not without doing it. Man, well, dude, that's something that's really that's something that's true. Like I, I've, 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 I've always kind of thought that about stand up. It's like when people, you know, when I ask people for advice or when people ask me for advice or anything, part of it is just a mindset where it's like, you just kind of got to be thinking about it all the time Yeah, to put yourself in situations where you're on stage and do some fucking fake crowd work and just be in the mindset and think about your set. If you're always thinking about it, like, even if you're not writing every day diligently, but if you're going through and listening to old sets and if you're in the mindset that you're a comic, like I swear you're right, man, it does work that muscle. albeit a, a, a minute way, but it does work it. Yeah. I'm never not thinking about a premise or something. You know what I mean? If I have downtime, if I'm not like watching yeah. TV or if I'm not click clacking for work or playing a video game, like I'm thinking about stand up. Yeah, and I talked. Uh, I, I talked to a couple bookers yesterday. Just dropped them a line, not even like inquiring, but just like, "How are you? How's the club? Do you guys know when you're opening up?" And I mean, like places are opening up. You know, down there in Atlanta, that punchline they want to open up the uh, Fireside July 9th. Oh shit! That Tuesday. Yeah, yeah I mean, yeah, I mean, they want to come back and like, but like they're doing a bunch of local stuff. Yep, I, I, that's you what know, I was thinking. Just like, like, just like we were talking about. Right, like I don't but, see you hopping in your car and getting on the road anytime soon. Well, th- she was talking about it. She's like, you know, when we first open up, we're going to have rooms of, they're going to cap it at 50 with six foot distance Whoa. and masks. So, I mean, that's like a 300 cap room. Atlanta's also a giant city that's been hit pretty hard. Yeah. But, uh, I was like, fucking, I'll drive down there for that. Are you kidding me? I'll drive down there. You can pay me 50 a show. I don't give a fuck, dude. I want to sleep in a hotel and, <laughs> and do comedy. Yeah. <laughs> I sound so fucking whiny right now. But You don't. You're absolutely you right, know. though. I, I don't. I, I, miss, I miss the piss out of it. And yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I would probably do the same thing. You know, it, it was fun, even though we were just like in my house doing jokes. Um, it, were you surprised with how quickly you kind of felt comfortable holding the mic? Not really, because we've been doing this every week. Yeah, that's true. So, like, holding a microphone when we've been doing that, I'm like, cool. But then, like, Still talking. so different. I'm not saying, like, literally holding a mic. I'm saying, like, <laughs> in front of people. Right. 
You know what I'm saying? There was a couple times where like I got out hot, especially that first one where I came out hot. And then like, there was a little lull, not because of like a joke or anything. It was because of just waiting in that moment. And I was like, Oh shit, I'm doing this. And then yeah. I got my head for like a second. I was like, fuck you. And then I flipped it back on again and <laughs> yeah. fucking kept going. Yeah. Those silences, even, like even the minute silences, like there was a little bit of panic that didn't used to be there. Right. Because you're just, you're, 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 you, it's like if, if you're working on your, 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 your chest and your arms all day, and then you forget about your legs, like it's going to be a little weak. Yeah. No shit. And but so, it was like, fun, uh, man. There were some good laughs. Yeah, there was. There the was kitty some, is back. I know. I'm trying to screenshot it again. Shit, that one. There we go. Ah, I missed it. I missed our. I missed our shot here. I'll t- I should have gotten it. No, here we go. Hey, Ezra, come here, sweet cheeks. Instead, he's just going to come over here and show me his butthole again. That's what's up, man. Daddy loves it. But I mean, I'm dude. He's been so bad. He will crawl up. I'm laying on the couch and he will crawl up, get on my thigh and then just turn. And his asshole is like two inches from my nose. And I'm just like, <laughs> you gonna move? No, you're just going to fart in my mouth. Cool. All right. Oh, cool, man. Very cool. Thanks, like dude. a COVID conscious cat. COVID kitty. Meow. Um, but I don't know. Like Monday was cool. Tuesday. I, it was like, I chose my sets to be like Monday, joke, 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 joke. Tuesday. I'm going to do a story and see what muscle needs more work. And after listening to the tape, I was like, it's the story. I forgot so many minute details because it's such a different beast. Where you're well, dude, doing- I was so worried about just everything, just get, making sure everything went off. Like, I didn't even record my sets. Oh, said, shit. E- either of them, dude. They're both just lost to the, you know, or not lost. They were just, they're just in those people's minds forever. Yeah. And dude, that Monday was just incredible. That it was, was just, really something, man. Shout out Sadie, dude, bringing the troops. And, of course, like we went through and contacted everybody that was at the party and let them know of the COVID situation. And everybody got tested. I've been in contact with all of them. And, uh, no, no positive so far. Right. We're good. So, no, I don't we know. we are good. So, like, the whole thing with Fireside, it's like he's dedicated to wanting to do it right. So, I'm like, I feel good about that. Sam's been in the forefront of, like, you know, when he was like, we're going to wait to reopen when it's time to open. And he has. And I respect the shit of him for it. So that dude just, that, that place just rules. The pizza rules. The staff rules. He rules. Like, it's awesome. It's, it's an excellent open mic. We're uh, holding off on the hub until um, August, it's looking like. Oh, fuck. For real? Yeah. I mean, that's what Lindsay wants to do at the moment. Um, you know. It, it we, we we can have further conversations but uh sure no i get that yeah. but it makes yeah. sense i mean in as small as a space as it is i mean you're gonna pack what you're just gonna have a shit ton of comics and then like oh sorry we can't let you in because we're talking to ourselves oh is andy home andy is home man you have a very keen ear i do i have keen, <laughs> keen ears yeah. keen eyes you heard a tiny little squeak and you know the candy man oh. comes in the <laughs> we got some cleaner. Ooh, is that for you guys? Is that for you guys to chug? That's for us to chug. We figured that it's uh, it's a good way for us to try to fight the COVID. Yeah. Also, don't forget to get your uh, your high beam flashlights to run through your bodies. 
Yeah, yeah, we do need some UV light to go through our bloodstream. Mm-hmm. That's what does that it is right something there. I'm excited about. <laughs> yeah, man, it was. Uh, yeah, when Rudick went and got his test, the UTCs, urgent treatment centers. I had no idea, like the the drop the drop off of like treatment that you get when you go to a UTC. <laughs> I'm not trying to like hate on any of them, man. But like, dude, my nurse, it was crazy. I, it's they're def- or she's not a nurse. <laughs> I guess no. is what you're saying. Rudick walked in there, and no one was wearing a mask. What the somebody, fuck? Somebody took his glove. Somebody took his blood without fucking gloves or a goddamn mask on. Oh my god! Oh, yeah. yeah, it's a. F- <laughs> no one was wearing anything, dude. My temperature, blood pressure, temperature. Yeah. So with my fucking hand, one glove she put on to take my blood. Finally, she put one glove on. I was like so freaked out, and I was like, I didn't want to say anything because I was like, she was already being rude, and I was like, I don't want to fucking piss her off and make her. I'm already picked up. <laughs> yeah. Dude, it was it was insane. I was like, it was mortifying. I I sent a letter to the uh, Ohio Department of Health. I'm gonna leave a review. I'm gonna blow their asses up. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, Rudick has been glove? on a goddamn trail, man. He's okay. been blazing a fucking trail. He's taken out an arborist from Westchester. <laughs> <laughs> what? Okay. Okay. <laughs> No, no, no. You can't just leave me hanging and go, oh, yeah, one glove, and then be like, oh, yeah, he's also going to fuck with an arborist. He, there was some, uh, some Facebook thread, some motherfucker left some super shitty racist comment. <laughs> and, yeah, yeah. There was a protest going on up in the Burbs, and he, and he threatened Loveland, and he threatened to drive his car through it. Oh my God. Yeah. So, or yeah. So Rudick just like looked him up and, and emailed like his uh, superior. So I emailed the board. I emailed the board of director of like the Arborist Association because he <laughs> owned his own like arbor. So I looked up like what like the certification was and I sent an email to all the board members asking what they plan to do about one of their members threatening to fucking kill protesters fuck yeah dude. that's beautiful yeah man yeah he's he's chopping down some fucking oh. arborists <laughs> dude that's yeah. that person must be a fool of a lot of hate to do this in the city of loveland yeah i know dude right how ridiculous is that a lot of hate and for a place we, we, of love I, talk, I talked about rudick uh watching him play madden a lot a little bit earlier but just to shed a little bit of light on it he is playing at like the highest level that you could play at, like the hardest level. Yeah, he made, it to the, he made it to the Super Bowl today. What? Lost in a defensive struggle, lost six to nothing, but it's pretty fucking impressive. That's insane. Yeah, I uh, I picked up a new game. I picked up uh, Legend of Zelda, oh, Breath boom. of the Wild. Very nice. Um, it's it's a problem. It's very good, and I can't stop playing it. And it's, it's well, I was talking about it with Rudick, like. It, I I really wish that I had played video games growing up. Like I really wish that I had not even if not even just for like the passage of time and the entertainment during these days of quar, but like I don't know just the problem solving and I watching Rudick play Madden and go through and like upgrade and get all the best players and like truly play the game. Right. It just it, I'm just so bad at like problem solving. It's all so daunting to me. And it's just video games that are just played by so many people. Yeah. Well, and like also you probably miss out on some references and it is a, it is definitely a large subsect of our culture. I mean, it used to be, think oh, it's about a it. Huge deal. Think about it. Like what? Jesus, 20 years ago, 
which I was 10, those people were fucking nerds. People who lived in their parents' basement. Like, yeah. you know, there was a stereotype. They stink. They're virgins. All that stuff. And now it's just like, oh, yeah, Bryce Harper was playing Fortnite today and live streaming. It. Yeah. yeah, all of them. Every single one of them. It's crazy how much it's changed. It's just like over time when it gets introduced more into the mainstream, the ideas and those stereotypes break down. But um, which is what we're doing right now with uh, cops killing black people. But it's a little bit different. Yeah. It's just a little, a little bit. little bit, man. There's a I'll little bit of what. a difference between Call of Duty and uh, what's happening. Yeah, just and uh, if you thought for half a second that it was like, uh, quote, you know, cooling down or whatever, for a lack of a better term, it is not even reached. It, we're not even halfway to a crescendo, man. Are you, you are you aware of like what's going on in Louisville right now? Well, oh, what, um, I, oh, with uh, the protesting or, or are you talking well, about? Yeah, like I mean, it, oh. No, I mean, uh, they they like boarded up the courthouse and the justice center and the like all of it. And I mean, it, it's everyone's starting, you know, thinking that they're not going to charge these guys who killed Breonna Taylor. Yeah. And if they don't, um, then those boards will just be on fire. Yeah, it's really. Yeah. So we're just getting started. Hopefully. Uh, um, I mean, the guy who got. uh murdered in the Wendy's parking lot. That cop yeah. got charged with felony murder. Yeah. Like immediately they're like, nope, fuck that. You, you're, you fucked up. You fucked up on camera. There is no way, there is no reason for that man to die. There was none whatsoever. He started to run, but guess what? He was drunk and non-threatening. And if he's yeah. running away and you're in a, and also in this situation, you're in a full fucking parking lot. Yeah. What if you miss? What if you hit that wraparound that's going around the drive through and you hit somebody? Well, like, I think I've told this story of my drunk driving story on the pod before about coming home from the Kentucky Derby. Did, do you remember that story? I think you have told me the story. I don't remember if you've told it on here. Well, I mean, the short version of, of it is that, like, I should, you know, I, I was doing exactly what Richard Jones was doing. Or Richard Brooks, I believe his name yeah. was. But, uh, yeah, man, I, you know, had been drinking too much. I ran out of gas. I was on the side of the road. Um, the cop should have pulled me over or, or pulled behind me and put me in the back of his car immediately. Instead, he drove me to get gas and drove me back to my car. I mean, reeking of bourbon in a fucking bow tie coming from the goddamn Kentucky Derby, you know, like, right. So that's, that's, that's what white privilege is, man. No shit. And it's bullshit. Like, I mean, you've seen it all over the internet. They went and took Dylan roof to Burger King. Yeah. And this guy had to die in a Wendy's parking lot. And the other guy murdered nine people. I, it's just, it sucks to talk about, but it needs to, that all needs to be said. Like it all needs to be changed. It's either, there's two sides of it. Say we get the justice we want and things change. I mean, does it mean the police state gets worse? Think about that. Like, I'm not, I'm not trying to attack or belittle what's going on, what I'm saying in any way, shape, or form, but I'm just trying to think about it this way. Say we keep attacking the system, things change. Um, but instead, everyone, it changes for the better where everyone's like, oh, yeah, you know, we'll treat you know, everyone like white people. Instead, they're now just going to treat everybody like right. Well, I mean, we're kind of seeing that at the protest right now. Oh, yeah. It's just like us versus them mentality. Yeah. I mean, is there going to be a time where I get pulled over? 
and it's like, hey, your tags are expired, then I get shot. Like, could that be a possibility? I don't, yeah. You know what I mean? I'm not trying to sound shitty or anything. It's just so, everything is so contradictory of itself. I mean, the same people who are like, fuck big government. We don't need the government's money and the government is too big and in our lives. Well, the government is the reason why. I mean, it's just a matter of funds. Like yeah. so many departments within cities around our country are getting defunded to the point where they can't do their job. And because all of the money is in the police department, the police now have to go and do that job. So there are policemen getting uh, sent to go deal with fucking stray dogs because yeah. animal control doesn't get any money. Yeah. And if there's, a, if there's somebody with schizophrenia who uh, is on drugs down in OTR with their pants down around their ankles, policemen are not who should go to that. Their counselor should go to that. Their drug yeah. counselor should be like people who actually know how to do it. But those those uh you know those systems have lost so much money in favor of giving more money to the police department that the police have to go and do it and they're ill-equipped yep it's uh it's just a you know it's a broken system uh alicia told me this um their training is so terrible that did you know that it takes longer for a masseuse to get their license than a cop to be trained yeah it's 861 hours to become a cop and 3500 hours to become a barber that's ridiculous yeah. I mean, it's, uh, yep. I mean, it's, we've all heard them. If you're listening, you know, if you still need convincing, I don't know what to tell you, man, just read a little bit harder. Like yeah. it is very scary, um, to, you know, and it, it's like what we were talking about with comedy. It's the verbiage people get so, you know, you know, scared, ignorant people get scared, you know, when they hear, you know, black lives matter. They do the straw man theory. Well, <laughs> all lives matter. Or if they hear defund the police, they think dissolve the police force. Right. And it's, it's just a matter of, it's like, how could you not, how could you just not look at the numbers and agree that it's disproportionate? It's not right. Exactly. 100% agree. Um, also we need to get out there and say, <coughs> um, get out, get out there and say barbers lives matter, you know, they as much do. time and effort that they're putting in. <laughs> Well, I mean, it's, yeah, think about that. People were rioting two months ago to go get a fucking haircut. Right, with, with AR-15s. And now someone takes to the street with a sign that says A-cab on it, and they get fucking maced. I know. Right. I know. I know. It's fucked. But, you know, we're, we're here for it, man. And it's we're and you know what? For it. And I don't want this conversation to ever go away. You know what I mean? Like, it needs to continue. For, so that we can all heal and get better and actually make a difference. Yeah. So speaking of making a difference, uh, the Reds had a draft. <laughs> I, yeah. Speaking of making a difference, uh, a young man's life changed drastically when he was drafted 13th overall in the major league baseball draft. draft. <laughs> yeah. Five men. You know, that sport that might not be a thing. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. That's happening. I didn't, I mean, at least something baseball related that happened that wasn't an argument. Yeah, I know. So let's uh, let's do a quick rundown, real quick, and then we'll we'll kind of break down. Um, so the Reds five picks uh, with the you know thirteenth overall pick. You have Austin Hendrick, who is rated tenth, the test tenth best overall prospect. Um, and then you had in the second round Christian Roa, who's a big right hander, followed by Jackson Miller. Um, who is a catcher, but also can play first, third, high yeah. school prospect. He's a bat. He's he, he's a bat. 
but uh, Jake compared him to, uh, excuse me, Tucker Barnhart. He's a very Tucker guy. Um, like that. And then another right-handed pitcher, Bryce Bonin out of uh, Arkansas. And then... Uh, Who's the guy that we took out of Notre Dame? People were pretty high on him. We're almost there. He's the, He was the last pick. Mac Wainwright, a uh, high schooler, boop, boop, boop. Power uh, power hitting right-handed bat, plays in the outfield. And then Joe Boyle out of Notre Dame. Joe Boyle. Joe Boyle, who we'll start there since you asked about him. I mean, he's a, he's a basically a two-pitch guy, fastball slider, but his fastball can hit 102. Like, there's a lot of room Right, there's a growth. ton of upside there. There's all of these players have just the ceiling is so high, but there's – and but the thing is, is, you know, most of them high school, some of them – with some success in college, but since there wasn't a college season this year, there wasn't a whole lot to, to have on their resume yeah, um, com- to show like the growth. Um, but at the same time, ceilings high and you know what? Your, your floor is low. Cause it's like, man, it's just a guy we got out of high school in the fifth round of a five round draft. Right. So, you know, it's pretty awesome. Um, but no, I mean Joe Boyle. I mean the guy's fucking six seven. Yeah, six seven throws the ball over a hundred miles per hour. You know, you just like get him, get him in there with, uh, you know, it, it won't be DJ off the rip, obviously. But the way that we've kind of staffed our uh, minor league programs, and it's kind of you know there it's it's uniform all the way up. Like I trust our coaching staff. I like I like you know I like our player development at the moment. Right. Well, you've got Kyle Bodie in there, and you've got three new toys or two new toys from to play with. Yeah, it's exciting stuff. It's very exciting. Um, and then, and then the Hendrick is it? Wasn't the guy that we drafted in the third round? Isn't he an Ohio kid? Yeah, he's out of um, was I think it was like near Cleveland, I believe. Yeah, that's like what Lakewood. I thought. Yeah, but he's uh, he's an Ohio kid, and that's exciting. And yeah. then, dude, this this Hendrick guy is, you know, he's just built. He's six one, two oh five, slender, left handed stick, just fucking rakes. Dude, the guy. So, I mean, we talked about it before the pod, but the big thing is they during the draft they put up uh, a side by side player comparison of their twenty nineteen averages. Um, uh, Austin Hendrick had a had a ninety one mile per hour exit velocity average. And then his average launch angle was 24.9. And then on the right side of it is Mike Trout. High you school, as, this comparing the numbers of a high schooler to the major leaguer, it's so crazy. Right, you know, the reincarnation of Mickey Mantle. Yeah, 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 this yeah. high schooler, same, same fucking thing. They're seeing the same pitches and being traded, treated the same at the dish. Who uh, Mike Trout, 90.7 exit velocity with a launch angle of 22.2. Look. Those are impressive numbers. We understand that there's a difference between, you know, someone hitting high, in high school and someone hitting in the pros. Big right. difference. But with those numbers there, that's pretty cool. I mean, the guy mashes. The video the Reds put up of him for the prospects game at, at Wrigley. Wrigley. Jesus. Oh, my God. It was Dude, stupid. crushing the ball. Dude, mashing hard. So, I mean, the guy mashes. He's an old high school, older high school, or high school player. Sure. You know what? Let's see what happens. What's I mean, this whole draft. The it's whole, the fucking draft, man. Right. Who knows what the fuck can happen? Who knows if someone could get hurt early? I mean, Bob Steve was the number one overall pick, and last year we thought 
we were going to cut his ass. He was a first yeah. rounder, highly touted prospect. And then guess what? He figured it out in the bullpen on the last year that he could before he was out of option. Got to get leave. Yeah. So like it, it's such a fucking crapshoot. and who knows how many levels of minor league baseball will come back and what will happen and how fast these guys can move through. But what's really encouraging is the fact that they took a lot of college pitchers, you know, you expect them to be fast tracked and the guy from Notre Dame, I mean, doesn't that profile just sounds like a better Sal Romano. Yeah, right. Exactly. Same build, big, thick, tall guy who can hurl. And then you get him in the hands of Kyle Boney and the system that they have created, like you said, and just mold him. Who knows what can happen? And what really sucks about this whole thing is that there was only five rounds and the rest of these undrafted players can either go back to college, which isn't a thing because they don't have enough scholarships. So they can't really right. build the system to make these people want to go back. Or you sign for $20,000, 20 grand, 20 grand, 20 grand. You, you would make less than a sandwich artist at Subway. Yeah. To be a professional playing, baseball player. Right. Single a baseball. And who knows, maybe rookie a gone, like with, with them wanting to get rid of minor league stuff. So, Rookie ball, low A, high A. Like, who knows of those? Yeah, I mean, in my uh, the uh, a kid that I know, uh, the son of my high school baseball coach, legendary Kentucky baseball coach Dom Fusey, Hall of Famer. Um, his son Jordan Fusey was a redshirt senior this year at IU, and they got fourteen games in, and in fourteen games he had like five dingers and fifteen ribs. He was batting two ninety six. Big, tall, lean, nasty first baseman. And, uh, you know, he didn't get drafted in the first five rounds. And his eligibility is up. And, I mean, he he's the kind of guy that will get signed for $20,000. But well, it's just such a fucking shame. Well, here's the thing with that. The NCAA washed the eligibility for spring athletes so they could come back. Which, but then it puts the coach in a position like I can't get you on a scholarship. I got other guys coming through. He the was system. a red shirt anyway. Well, his it wouldn't matter. Like his year would still move over. Yeah, but he was like a red shirt transfer. Like they had their recruiting class in line that he was going to be there for one year. It's like what you were saying. Oh it just yes. throws a wrench in everything. Right. So I mean, which means like he could still technically play, but there's no room for him. Like, right. This is it. Yeah. So. Fuck, it just sucks. And do you so if we're gonna have less minor league baseball, does that mean we are going to be extending college baseball? Like there has to be something in place for that so they can they can have a, a more development. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I I just don't know, man. Like that, that just that seems like the answer to me if 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 baseball doesn't want to pay these guys which are not making much money in general in the minors oh they're already making less than a public school teacher right so then they need to which is that's just fucking bananas yeah um, yeah uh, but like you have to go back and think like i don't know if you make college baseball if you make it deeper since the minors are cut back shouldn't the school also be putting more money towards scholarships? Cause then you're seeing a higher level, higher level of play, like a more competitive level than you would be seeing 
if those changes didn't happen. Does that make sense? I'm kind of spitballing. Yeah, yeah I know. I know it's like very strewn out, but I know what you're saying. Yeah, I'm just really thinking out loud about it because that that just makes sense to me. Like, if you're not going to have, you know, say like um, like the Greenville Reds, a rookie A team, like if that happens to disappear, right? That guy needs to still be in school and get at least get his degree. Yeah, for absolutely. So can they like they go back and yeah, for sure. That's so true. Yeah. So I then mean, it's, you're incentivizing yeah. these players, but then also if you're saying, "Hey, look, we're having better athletes play college ball," I think more people will want to go see it. Or I don't do you, know. I mean, I wonder what it will do for independent leagues. That was just what I about. Well, that was what I was just about. Like the to Florence say. Yalls. Yeah. Maybe they're going to have a more. Yeah, the Florence Yalls are about to get some good players. Yeah, they're about to get some real good players. I mean, that would be cool to watch. Fuck, I would go watch more Florence Yall games if I'm like, oh. Fuck yeah, dude. This guy mashed in college, but then the draft fucked him? Yeah, for sure. Cool. I'd go and watch him. Sure. Why not? Did you, did you hear what the, the Yalls are doing this summer? No. They, they're, uh, like, they're renting out their stadium for people to go and play softball and kickball and stuff. Shut up. How tight is that, man? I'm, the wait list is like long or whatever, but we need to hop on that. Uh, yeah, I would totally play some ball there. That, you know what? We should just set up in left field or in center field and play wiffle in center. Oh. That would be so tight. Okay. Well, I have a contact at the alls. So. Or, or just play wiffle ball from home plate and just bring bases and just make it short. You just play in the infield, but make it short. Fuck the center field, dude. You're right there at home plate with all the stands around you. It'd be so tight. Um, I need to let you know this. I just cumbed. Like, I'm empty. <laughs> I'm empty now. Dude, you just... Drained I him. Dude, I you just, the kid. We rolled the toilet, the fucking toothpaste all the way to the tip. That's what we just did. God damn, baby. God Ain't damn. that the truth? Well, that would be so tight, man. Yeah, I'm... I'm, I'm, I'm definitely I'm, craving some, some competitive wiffle ball. Oh God, I am too. I've been craving it for so long. Uh, but you know what I would like is some competitive conversations to get some shit done. Um, I would like to just to watch some baseball on some level. So here's, here's the deal with that. We've kind of talked about, give us the breakdown because it's gone back and forth. I mean, if we had recorded last weekend, uh, last Thursday, we could have been talking about how, you know, uh, the commissioner was just Manfred was just completely butt fucking the situation. Right. Like last week before the draft started, he said, we will have, we will have baseball this year. And then he came out and said, July 10th is opening day without having any fucking thing else in place. And then Carl Ravitch destroyed him. Yeah. Which was beautiful. Just saying, yeah. Fucking Rav dog, man. Ravish. He's like, so you don't have anything in place. You don't have anything done, but we have a date. He goes, yeah, that's the tentative date. The owners have agreed upon. He's like, well, it sounds like you need to go do your job and get this shit done. Yeah. And stop arguing. And, and Manfred was like, uh, 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 bye. (laughs) See you later then. See ya. Just close his laptop screen, which was so tight. Like just cause he, Ravish has been at ESPN for what? 30 years. Forever. Yeah. Just fucking go after him. Who gives a shit? It's not like Papa Disney's going to see that little blip and be like, well, he's wrong. <laughs> yeah. Like, no, own that shit. Iger probably came down there and gave him a fist bump himself. So true, man. I don't know. The way I understand it, and I know it's like a lot more convoluted, but it's like what? Six to eight owners 
who are worried that they stand to like lose money. Right. Which like, I just, it's think outside of the box, think outside of the box on this. Like we've talked about it before. I feel like, um, but think outside of the box, like look at Korea, what they have done. They put like stuffed animals in the stands or whatever, sell advertising space on that, cover the bleachers, cover the seats and sell ad space on each tarp. Fucking do that. So that yeah. way you have more room to advertise. Stop thinking about putting people in those seats and putting Cisco Foods on that tarp or fucking Montgomery yeah, Inn. Exactly. And it's P&G. the same dollar sign. Right. You know because what? they were never concerned about, quote, people in the seats. They saw it as dollar signs in the seats. Yep. So if it's not actual human butt cheeks, then just put a goddamn Khan's hot dog logo <laughs> out on left center field. Dude, you know, you know what? It's, it's, it's fucking crazy. It's not human butt cheeks, but it is a Charmin ad. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's good. You should tweet that. That's good. Um, thank you. I might do that. Uh, I'm rearing it up right now. Um, rearing but, it up right now? Yeah, yeah rearing <laughs> it. Like a, well, it's a child. You know, I have to rear it. I have to you wait for it to mature. Sweet tweet. Yeah, sweet tweet. Um, P number two. Oh, what a guy. Have you been chugging or? Well, how many well, beers have you had? Well hydrated. No, uh, I've only had two or three butt heavies, but I've been drinking water all fucking day and not sweating at all. Dude, I have a LaCroix half moon going on my, uh, on the coffee table. Oh, very nice. Here we go. There it is. Oh, wow. Yeah. Is that all the limoncello? Limoncello, watermelon at the end, and then I'm drinking on the hibiscus right now. Oh, you sweet, 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 sexy man. So we didn't ever get into this. We'll talk about this real quick, and then we'll get into what's being proposed. But so my 30th birthday happened. <coughs> I, am, I, am now, yeah. I am now 30. So um, Alicia surprised me. You were, you, I mean, you know, Alicia surprised me with a big green egg. Pretty exciting stuff. Very exciting. If you don't know what a big green egg is, um, you're wrong. Um, <laughs> it is a Kamado grill slash smoker. It's a ceramic egg. And basically it can cook between a hundred degrees and 900 degrees. And it can hold the temperature because it's ceramic. It's ceramic that was designed by NASA. So it's so wild holds the heat. So we went, you know, naturally my move was, well, we have this now. I need to go to Sam's and buy $400 worth of groceries. <laughs> I have ribs, bris. I got ribs, brisket, steak, chicken breast, chicken wings, Italian sausage, Queen City sausages, Queen City Mets, brats. Uh, My boy's ketoed out right now, dude. I'm excited. So I've got like most of it freezing, uh, some of it ready in the fridge to go. I think tomorrow I'm going to make Italian sausages, but like they also have. <laughs> Fucking LaCroix 24 packs with the new flavors. 12 limoncello, six watermelon, six hibiscus. Get out of How here. much does that run? How 10, much 19. is that? 18, 10, 19? Yes. Sam's is the best. What do you got to do to qualify for a Sam's card? You just have to pay for it for the year. I think it's like 70 bucks. It's not bad. And then they also had TVs there for a deal. So who knows? Papa might get paid and you're going to come over and see that we have a 70-inch television. Because <laughs> why not at this point? I got that fucking – I still have my Trump bucks. I haven't gone crazy. 
Yeah, man. Me too. I'm sitting over. I'm sitting good over here. I just put paid seven hundred fifty dollars off of my car today. Oh fuck yeah! Yeah, well, I had forgotten about it. My uh, my <laughs> federal it, no no hadn't forgotten about my car payment. I had forgotten about my federal income tax, and it it just like deposited into my bank last night. Whoa! Which is nice. It was like seven hundred bucks. That's awesome. Yeah, that's real nice. I just finished, and now I have a pink half, a light a light pink half moon, and a dark pink half moon. That's beautiful, man. I'm proud of you. I'm gonna do the whole fucking coffee table. That's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, make a, a lacrote. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I got it. Thank you. I got it there. Whew, but, okay, a... so we, we talked a little bit about the the draft. We're talking about Manfred's big fuck up. As right now, what is on the table? And I mean, because in the text thread, we've been talking, we even talked about it last time we did the podcast about how like we were pretty worried that baseball wasn't going to happen at all. Right. But after Twitter exploded and everybody took a shit on Manfred and let him know how they felt, including mm-hmm. our boy Bauer, which we talked about, Bauer for commissioner. Yeah. Um, like, what's on the table right now? We're, they're talking about maybe a 70-game season, correct? Hassan tweeted seven hours ago, among the details in MLBPA's new proposal, sources tell ESPN, 70-game season from July 19th through September 30th, $50 million in playoff bonuses, 50-50 split of the new postseason TV revenues in 2021, forgiveness of salary advance for Tier 1 through Tier 3 players, universal DH, and mutual waiver of grievance. And then Tony Clark came out and said, like, there were people tweeting, like, oh, we had an agreement. We had, it's, it's happening. Tony Clark came out and said, in my discussions with Robin Arizona, we explored a potential pro rata framework. But it, I made clear repeatedly that in that meeting and after, sorry, after it, that we were a number of significant issues with what he proposed. There were a number of significant issues with what he proposed, in particular the number of games. It is unequivocally false to suggest that any tentative agreement or other agreement was reached in that meeting. In fact, in conversations within the last 24 hours, Rob invited a counterproposal for more games that he would take back to the owners. We submitted that counterproposal today. So, you know, well, it's that. there could be more than 70 games. That's how I'm reading that. Yeah, I mean, I've also heard 89 float out there, too. Yeah, I mean, I can see it. I mean, you have time. Cut spring training maybe a little bit shorter, but and the fact that they could be doing spring training games and having the, the roster taxi at Louisville. or that would be so wild. Louisville or Dayton, man. So you could have all the Reds players up in Dayton. Be so fucking for cool. a couple weeks. Hey, um, hey, Wiley's. Uh, yeah, the boys are gonna come, book us, and then we'll just bring out all of the Reds. <laughs> yeah, that would be so fucking cool. Joey would come. Yeah, he would. Joey would. Yeah, we just hit up C Trend and be like, "Hey, get a hold of your boy Joseph." Fuck, man. Uh, yeah. Who knows? We a boys a boy can dream, right? Boys can dream, and they should dream, because DACA said it's still legal to be a dreamer. I sure, I sure fucking hope that, I don't know, some baseball happens, man. I wouldn't want it to be, you know, some piddly 50, 60-game season. If we can get 70 games, obviously more would be better to, to be truly indicative right. of, like, a full season or whatever. But, 
I just want to see some kind of baseball. I, I want to see I, my boy Trevor got play. I know. I want to see him play too. And I want to see Nicholas Castellanos in a red uniform this year. I want to see Mike Dustakis in a red uniform this year. Me too. I want to see Shogo Akiyama in a red yeah. uniform this year. I know, I, man. I want to see all the work that Dickie Dubs put in and Nikki Kroll put in to make this a winning team this year. Can you imagine how hurt we would be if we had traded for Lindor in the offseason? Dude, Kyle brought that oh, up on Red Red. I am so glad we did it too. But also think about this. As soon as the rosters become active at spring training, do you think there could be some buku moves made because of the shortened season and people are like, fuck it, let's go all in? I haven't really even thought of that. That's a possibility. If you are one or two players away and you're like, ooh, I have a shot to win the 2020 World Series, am I going to go after it? Huh. I, I mean, who fucking knows? But, man, that's an exciting thing to think about. Yeah. That is some potential. I didn't really even think about that. That would be so wild just with all the moving parts of it trying to even start whatsoever. You imagine get traded and all of that. Yeah. Well, also think about this. Uh, the labor agreement's up at the end of the 2021 season. So let's say Lindor's contract, you know, it ends at the end of the 2021 season. The Reds could just be like, and still hail Mary it, and just be like, fuck it. Here are some prospects. We don't know what's going to happen after this season. Are we even going to have any semblance of baseball? Like, let's go all in for this year and a half. And yeah, get for it. sure. Well, uh, speaking of Reds prospects, you see the news on Hunter Green. <clears throat> what? Hunter Green just recovering from his Tommy John. He started throwing the other day and hit 102. Oh, yeah. Good <laughs> yeah. God. Did you, yeah, that you, arm you, is live. Dude, I've been watching him like every other day, just hurling on his Instagram. That guy, holy dick. Yeah, it's so um, fucking exciting. It is exciting. Guess what? That raises, raises his trade value, too. So... Would I want to? Sure. Uh, yeah. If, if yeah, it's right. I would. Fuck it. Yeah, I would. Yeah. If, if we are a shortstop away, yeah, I'm doing, yeah, I'm doing that. I'm 100% doing that. I don't know. It's interesting to think, like, if, you, if, if we're starting and we're at, hmm, you say, let's say we're doing 81 games just for a, uh, a nice number. Is there a trade deadline after game 40 40 right yeah that's so true because then people are like do you panic like people are starting to get in their grooves like it's going to be immediately summer you're there's no excuse for cold weather teams you're you're ready to go like when Puig was slumping last year or didn't even get he didn't get off to a hard hot start in march april and then it started warming up end of may that's when he skyrocketed yeah so you could see people coming out of the gate real hot immediately. And I think the people that are going to benefit the most from just them not playing are these pitchers who have just been constantly working. Yeah, no doubt, man. It's, there's, I think if we do get back to playing, we will see some really low scoring ball games because the pitchers have just been working out. Oh, yeah. I mean, Sonny, it, Sonny Gray, he's been just on a regular bullpen regimen. Like, he's just working. Bauer has been filming it, doing live ABs, plus, you know, working in the gym. Yeah, it's so tight. I'm, I'm so excited, dude. Like, I think it is going to happen now. With It sucks to have these super lows and these crazy highs of like, no, it's not going to happen to It's fucking going to happen. 
and it's been a wild ride and it's draining as a baseball fan. But today and what's going on, it's there's some positivity. I think it is going to happen. Yeah, I think so too, man, because four days ago, the consensus was like, see you later. And Bye. then with the agreement being up in 2021 and a potential strike, I mean, there were some fucking doomsday articles out there about how baseball could really be fucking fucked. Yeah, it could be over. Which is, god damn, that's a, a a scary thing to think about. I don't doubt it, man. I mean, it, it really could after, I mean, there is so much distrust and the owner's just scamming that it's just inevitable that we could see a 2021 lockout followed by almost the pretty much may possibly the death of the sport. I know, man. I mean, look I mean, at that graph Tyler sent. I know, dude. I was just trying to pull that up. It's very, very bleak. So it's what? 7% of Americans are fans of baseball still and 5% are MLS? Yeah. That's yeah. scary. And it's even less than that. It's like the difference is, I think, 1.6. Jesus Christ. I know, man. And with I the know. M- and with the MLS tournament around the corner, that could really invigorate some fans because that is a small sample size of soccer that is, and they're playing for a championship. It's playoff and soccer. It's going to be tight. Yeah, exactly. It's a nice little dose to get people really injected into it. And it's and you know baseball missed its chance to really be the biggest sport because the NBA will be back around the same time as baseball. And just to think of the complete whiff of it all, like. What, as we've talked about at length, what sport is better to social distance than baseball? Like, it is, it is the number one sport besides tennis. It is the number one sport that you could play in a pandemic world. Yep. It's ridiculous. With, w- without doubt. And it all was over old rich men worried about their old white rich men worried about their money and treating it like a business and not an opportunity to grow the sport. Which is so wild just because I feel like, am I completely ignorant in thinking that like that is a relatively new thing? Like, I feel like when has it ever been someone's idea to purchase a professional sports team to make a lot of money? It's always kind of felt like a dick swinging competition and you have one because you have enough money and it's kind of a fun investment to like, you know, be active and try to win a world championship and like be cool. It's always just kind of been a way for like nerdy dudes to feel cool. Yeah. And now, and now people are like trying to turn profit on a fucking dying sport. I don't know. It's just right. so, and that's why the life has a, been. I think you got the, yeah, the fucking commissioner calling the world series, you know, calling it a piece of metal. It's just like now more than ever, baseball's on its kind of its dying breaths, and we need people in charge making decisions who actually give a fuck about the well-being of the sport. Yeah, instead of just hating it and seeing it as a money grab. Like, look at, um, I mean, imagine if Mark Cuban would have bought the Cubs. It would have all been different, man. It would all be different because he is a loud voice in the room. I mean, when Mark Cuban bought the Mavericks, I mean, he was a loud voice in the room, and it helped change basketball and yeah. make it more player friendly. Like he's like listen to your employees. Like these guys make you money. It's not us making them money. You need to think about it that way. And baseball owners don't see it that way. Yeah. They just don't period, which is such a fucking shame. It is such a shame. This isn't a shame. Look at that one, Bill. 
Ooh, Atomic Pageantry. Oh, Fruit Punch Sour Ale. Ooh, what brewery is that from? It is from Baram, B-H, B-H-R-A-M-A-R-I, Baramdi, Baramari. Okay, I've never heard of them. Me either. What's, what's, no, uh, Hive, Hive Mind Brewing Company. Hive Mind in uh, Asheville, North Carolina. Oh, that means that's going to be a very good beer. Yeah, I think uh, Chris Walker brought this one over. Wow. Yeah, you're in for a treat. Anything out of Asheville's good. Wow. Yep, there it is. Wow, there, there it, it is. is. There it is. What a tasty brew. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I'm glad to hear that you're optimistic. And I feel like you are too. Yeah, I'm optimistic, but I don't know. You just, I, you've got your, your finger to the pulse to it just even a little bit more than I do as far as like the Twitter follows and everything. And like, I don't know, it's just good. I, I, I look to you for most of my real knowledge, you and Danny. And I just, it's, yeah. it's positive that you guys at least feel good about it. Yeah. But it changes every day. And that's the worst part is that it is, it is, it is a, an emotional roller coaster, just like almost like every, every day is now with, with the pandemic, but this, this even more so with um with baseball just because you, you don't know you because we literally know nothing and it's all speculative and once you read something good your 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 juices are flowing and you feel good but then once you read something negative you're even more in the dumps because there's no there is no temperature to read this fever yeah exactly dude that's really kind of a microcosm of why everything right now is so scary is just the uncertainty yeah, like we, whether it's with the virus or the protests, it's like you can't fucking plan something a week ahead of time because you don't know what the world's going to look like at that time, you know? Exactly. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, saying that after having all that deliberation about the start of the baseball season, it's like, yeah, maybe cut them some slack. But then also, no, it's what their fucking job is. Yeah. Every other league has figured it out. Uh, it, it's just a shame that it all came down to greed Right. Well, think about it too. Like Rob Manfred's job, Danny said this a million times to both of us. And I think he said on here, Rob Manfred's job is to make the owners happy. Yeah. That's it all is. it does. And he is doing that by stalling, stalling and saying, having less games so they can pay him less. That's that. And Rob Manfred is doing a good job of that. Is it good for the sport? Absolutely not. But is it making the owners happy? Absolutely. Like, well, I mean, the ones that don't, that don't want to pay their players. I mean, you know, yeah. you've got Dickie Dubs coming out saying that we are 100% sure that baseball will happen this year. There will yeah. be Reds baseball. There are, there are GMs and owners that want this to happen. I just don't, we just don't have a, we don't have a fucking list. We can't call these people and be like, this fucker doesn't want it to happen. He doesn't want to pay for it. Yeah. You know, like we just don't know in That's that That's what room. it is. Yeah. Right. We don't know who, who, what owners are holding this up. I know. All we know is it's six to eight owners. It's like, yeah, a little accountability would be good. Yeah. And it's probably your top dogs too, you know? I mean, yeah. think about how much money the Yankees are losing. Yeah. And the problem that they also have is what, what I think is dumb, and same with the Cubs, is that they own their own network. They, are, they stand to make so much money. Right. It's dumb in the fact that like they don't have a TV deal with like Fox Sports and where they just make a ton of money 
Instead, they're like, we can do it ourselves. And so, I mean, how much do they pay for advertising in that situation? How much are you making when you own your own shit? Like, I don't know the side of that coin either. Does that make any sense? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I know what you mean. Like, would they be losing out because it's not happening and it's just on TV? Or would they actually be making a shit ton of money? Because, you know, everybody, you know, yeah. You, you would figure that more people would be watching games. Right. And then also thinking like, now since we've waited so long and everyone else is getting their shit together, they, they, aren't, they, are, they don't have the potential to make as much money. Yeah. Ugh, yeah, just, exactly. They like screwed themselves out of money by worrying about, about making money. money. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Fucking Fuck. dumb as shit. Yeah, it's dumb as shit. Fuck it. Well, do you have any plugs? <laughs> do you want to round um, third and head for home? Yeah, let's round third and head for home. Um, we've taken a little hiatus from the hub open mic. We're going to return on Monday and do that. Um, I, I, you know, I say that depending on what downtown looks like, you know, we'll see what it looks like after yeah. these Brianna Taylor charges get dropped or, or added. Um, yeah. So, um, what I would like to plug, let me think. Oh, I put it on my Instagram. It, the link is in my bio, the lyric theater down in Lexington. That's it's so just cool. like, yeah, dude, it's just like this dope-ass old theater that's been there forever. It's in the middle of like a predominantly black neighborhood. And there have been like some really legendary people have performed there in the past. And like even within like the last like 10 or 15 years, I think they were given some money to like refurbish and they started hosting shows there again. Mm-hmm. But uh, if you just go to their website, they've got like a bunch of links for a bunch of different great things to give some money to. And, uh, yeah, one of them is, uh, Kentucky black soil and it's, and it's all about black farmers and sustainable living. And and I don't know, I, I have just kind of been paralyzed, like, like so many people have for the last couple of months. And, uh, you know, the least I can do is give some money. So yeah, no shit. Yeah. I'll, I'll plug that. I'll plug the lyric theater down in Lexington and, uh, yeah, I'll plug drinking at the kids' table still available. I'll plug Sweet Baby Boy by Sam Evans. I'll plug Banana Tape Volume One by Randy Barnaclo. And uh yeah, I don't know. I'll plug I'll plug my dad, Robert Michael Kimbrell. I'll plug, I'll plug your dad. Yeah. <laughs> God, your face lit up when I said that. But yeah, because yeah, you out. knew I you knew where I was going immediately. I mean, yeah, yeah. Shout out to my dad, Mike Kimbrell. I love you, Pops. And uh, it's Father's Day on Sunday, so happy Father's Day. Yeah, sorry we won't be able to see you, Pops. Yeah, I know it, but no, Uh, um, love that man. I'm with you. I love your dad. Uh, uh, For me, plugs, round third or head for home, uh, Molly Kimbrell. How about that? Oh, yeah. That's a hell of a plug. Helping out, helping out the community, giving it, giving some outreach and giving people a helping hand and giving them some information. Yeah, for sure. She's um, uh, she's excellent, man. Here we go. Now let's see if I can get a good screenshot. Get that cat in there. <laughs> here we go. Come here, Ezzy. Uh, hey, kitty. Hey, kitty. Ezzy boy. Ezra. Oh, this on. is great for the podcast. This is great. <laughs> come here, little uh, kitty. Oh, he's gone. He jumped down. Well, I was thinking I could just upload this video onto the Instagram too. 
because it takes yeah, video. Just throw it, yeah, just throw it on the IG, uh, IGTV. Yeah, who gives a fuck? Um, <laughs> whatever. Uh, so more people can watch it and be like, surprise, here's the episode. Yeah. Um, so there's that plug. Um, you can always listen to Drinking at the Kids Table on Spotify, Apple Music, anywhere you can, Snapster, iTunes, fucking everywhere. You can LimeWire. Lime still working on it. Um, you can also... You can call Billy and he'll play it over the phone for you. Just fuck that. Just download TikTok and, and imitate one of my jokes because it's on TikTok. Oh, you can do that. Yeah. Yeah, it's literally everywhere. Um, what else? Oh, I mean, CincyShirts.com. We, re- we released a line of shirts to help the OTR relief fund for everybody who got fucked up down here during the protests and and the 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 few outsiders who were assholes and came down and looted. So do that. Yeah. Um so got some cool stuff in the works coming out. Um but yeah. And listen to all the albums Lee mentioned. Um but yeah, uh thanks to Armchair Media for having us as always and bet betonline.ag you guys are also yeah i mean if you if you know if you heard that uh that scholarship read up top and if you know anybody i mean it's like we have as wide a scope as that we are trying to make our scope as wide as possible but it's still kind of small right now so if you're hearing that and you have a kid in you know in mind you know a friend or a friend's kid or something just like let's make that happen man they're sitting they they want to give away a thousand dollars a fucking semester so like, let's, ma- let's make that happen. You know, try to give yeah. that to somebody that, you know, yeah. a young artist of some sort. So, uh, that, that's really exciting. I'm excited to plug that and, uh, fuck yeah to all of armchair. So yes, 100% to armchair. I'm going to try this one more time. Here we go. Come on. Come on. Oh, I'm getting a couple too, Bill. Oh, perfect. If you got them, why isn't it? Oh, there's a great one with it just like coming out. It's like two part, two different parts of a cat coming out of your ears. Oh, that's great. Oh, what are you <laughs> yeah. meowing for, buddy? He's squeaking. Got it. Yeah, he wants a little attention. Go give him some attention and give your yeah. beautiful wife as much attention as you can. All right. Sounds good. Give her a foot rub or something. Will do. And uh, as always, go Red Legs. Stay nasty. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. Yeah, I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate, how a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word, Broomgate. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. 
Don't search. Match. With Indeed, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply.